millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to another episode of FFS Another Brexit Podcast. And once again, we are at a pivotal moment in the Brexit debate. I mean, are we ever not at the moment? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and as usual, FFS are here to hopefully offer some sense through the madness. <laughs> I mean, we can give it a go. Let's not make promises we might not be able to deliver. Yeah. <laughs> And this week on the podcast, we have Chair of Young Labour, Miriam Merwich, who is an incredible young woman in politics campaigning for a people's vote. Absolutely. Miriam is a phenomenal campaigner, a committed Labour activist, and has been a supporter of the people's vote for some time now. Her thoughts on Labour, Brexit and how young people see Brexit should be really quite insightful. So happy to have her on today. Well, what a week it has been. It's almost harder to imagine a bigger week for the People's Vote campaign than the last few days. Indeed, the People's Vote march on Saturday was absolutely historic, with one million people marching together for the final say on Brexit. And as usual, young people were leading the way. Yes, we were. FFS campaigners were right at the front of the march, holding the banner alongside Sir Patrick Stewart and Sadiq Khan, which is pretty damn cool. So proud. And speaking of proud, FFS are, of course, incredibly proud of Eric Ramos and Jason for their speeches at the rally, making the case for a people's vote for the sake of young people. Exactly. Is there a better metaphor for Brexit debate than a million people from all parts of the country descending on Parliament Square as Boris Johnson is inside trying to force his Brexit proposal through? The people versus the powerful indeed. Exactly. But we weren't just at the march this week. We had Rosie in Cambridge, Izzy in Oxford, and of course, myself and Abby went to Essex. A busy week was had by all, especially us who got on the wrong train home <laughs> from Essex and in the end up in an accidental seaside retreat to Orton on Nays. Uh, <laughs> just reminded me quite how horrific that was. However, to be honest, after the next couple of weeks, we could possibly all do with a seaside retreat. I think we should go on a group holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Not to Orton on Nays. <laughs> no. And onwards, FFS, another mad week lies ahead. And we've said this a couple of times now, but this week really might be the week that we finally know what's happening with Brexit. <laughs> One day we'll do a recording and not say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so here's what we think might be happening at literally at the time of recording. The government, as we speak, are trying to do two things. Basically, pass through its Brexit proposal in principle through Parliament. And secondly, agree a timetable for how long Parliament gets gets to debate it. And weirdly, the timetable thing is the most controversial, just simply because if Parliament says it wants more time to look over the WAB or withdrawal agreement <laughs> bill or whatever you want to call it, then it will almost certainly mean we don't leave on October 31st and that'll end up being a thing. I love that you went for WAB, by the way. I love that you committed for WAB. <laughs> I like how that sounds. Anyway, so we might be seeing votes on a people's vote as well, as well as a customs union. And frankly, who knows what else MPs might chuck into the mix. The news is basically going to be thrown at us nonstop in the next few days. So buckle in. It's about to get overwhelming if it wasn't already. 
And if that wasn't enough also happening this week, Abby is headed to Bournemouth at the Arts University SU and Rosie and Izzy are headed to Royal Holloway. There's no rest for anyone on the People's Vote campaign. And we're very excited to have with us Miriam Merwitz, Chair of Young Labour and Campaigner for a People's Vote. Now, the first question we always ask our guests is if you could give an FFS award to someone for something ridiculous done in the context of Brexit, who would it be this week or today and why? Hi guys, really excited to be here. So, So, um, if I had to give that award to anyone, it would probably be um, Boris Johnson acting like an absolute child, refusing Mm. to sign the extension request like a three-year-old. Actually, mad, isn't it? When he said, "Oh, he sent it," I was like, "Okay," and then I saw Twitter just like explode, and I was a bit like, "Are you kidding me?" couldn't bring yourself to sign something like it's just, just like yeah. it's like when I was really mad at my uh, younger brother and mom was like we signed his birthday card and I was like no yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> you kept that one quiet for the whole week <laughs> it wasn't recently just so that was like kind of cute the Boris Johnson one I completely agree with you it's just like what like come on it still counts as a letter as well <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it'll still go down in history as a letter that he sent but anyway no good award really good award <laughs> And it's not like you were short of choices of people yeah, to give an award to. A lot of them. I had a good think about it on the tube over, actually. <laughs> Absolutely. Before we talk about all of the stuff that went on during the week, if we go back a mere few days ago on Saturday, you joined us for the People's Vote March yeah. in London. So how did you find it? It was really fun. I had a really great time. Um, I chatted to loads of amazing people. I met lots of good dogs. There are a lot of good dogs. Absolutely. Like, I, yeah. Best moment yeah. for me, I think, was when uh, we were all sort of like marching in the rain at that point um, mm. and the let win agreement went through yep, yep. and everyone started going absolutely like up. They were like chanting, yelling, they started <laughs> playing um, Another One Bites Dust or something like that and it was pretty iconic. That was <laughs> Did pretty we play great. that song? God, that's brave of us. Imagine <laughs> if the amendment hadn't gone that. through. <laughs> <laughs> we were saying that about two minutes before it voted, like one of the senior management of the campaign was like, hmm, I hope it passes. And I was like... We've just put it on a massive screen in front of like <laughs> thousands of people. I agree with you. I really like it passes. But, and one thing I thought, somebody said it to me, and maybe I would naturally say it, but someone said to me that this march felt uh, different in terms of its makeup. And I think like the campaign's gone on quite a journey in terms of being hardcore Remainers to actually had people there who had voted leave and changed their mind, people there who had come from Europe or anything and I wasn't sure Abby I'm not sure if you went on any of the other marches no that was my first one actually yeah oh, that's nice and have you been on any of the other ones or no I'm ashamed to say it was my first one no that's I couldn't make it to the last one first timers and I think well one I'm kind of hoping we won't have to do another one I'm really not gonna <laughs> lie it's quite a lot and it means we're still campaigning for a people's vote in six months time but it was nice to see that it maybe felt a bit different and maybe that actually more and more people are getting involved in the campaign Definitely. And on to the rally afterwards. Would you, as uh, the chair of Young Labour, ever thought that sort of a year ago today we'd have Keir Starmer, Emily Thornbury, Diana Abbott and John McDonnell sort of all stood together on a People's Vote platform? It's amazing. It is so fantastic and it shows mm. how much we've achieved and like how far we've come. Yeah. And the amount of campaigning that's been done and like Labour members really care about getting a people's vote and they've made that voice heard. And it really shows that like when we organise, we can actually change policy, which is pretty exciting. And policy for the many, there are so many people out there depending on like the Labour Party to actually stand up for them and, and deliver a second referendum. Mm. It's really interesting as well, isn't it? Because I think also there were certain members of the shadow cabinet who previously might not have shared a stage together for (laughs) very like agreeable reasons that maybe weren't like so controversial. And actually to have not only those four 
Labour kind of shadow cabinet members, but also to have other quite leading Labour figures all on stage on cross-party bits as well, kind of shows the strength of feeling amongst this. But maybe that's just me being really optimistic about the situation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys think? I think it's really exciting at the moment. And um, we've got so many people from different traditions in the Labour Party. Like the Labour Party is a broad church and throughout all sorts of bits of it, everyone's pretty much, well, not everyone, but a lot of people are pro-people's vote. Mm. It kind of shows the cross appeal and how sensible this position is. Like, if politicians can change their minds so, so often, why don't we trust the people to do that? Yeah, and it's been It's been three years now. It's, it, it's time for people to have another say. It feels like it's been three decades. Maybe that's <laughs> just me. But um, what do you think about the cross-party nature of the people's vote campaign in general? Because I know some people, and I, to a certain extent, can understand it. They get really oh, we couldn't possibly get involved with this because there's Tories or there's Independent for Change or Lib Dems or anything. But I sometimes get the impression that young members don't feel quite as strongly about that as like other people. But I don't know what your thoughts on that are. I think with Brexit and opposing Brexit and standing against Boris's deal, that we do have to work across the floor. We do have yeah. to work with people we might not necessarily agree with on everything. I mean, obviously, there's a lot I disagree with a Tory or a Lib Dem on. Um, <laughs> and I imagine, my, yeah, <laughs> I imagine my reasons for you know being uncomfortable with this Brexit deal are different from theirs. Mm. But at the same time, like when we stand together, we probably can achieve a bit more, and then afterwards we can we can start arguing <laughs> about the details. Um, I mean, yeah, it was nice. I met some good Greens actually, which was kind of interesting to chat to them about how it, you know, how it was all affecting them. It's a nice, like, positive way to finish that one. <laughs> but onto the events happening in Parliament. It says this week, but I mean, I think we mean today, yeah. <laughs> right now, literally as we are recording. So this will be interesting <laughs> when this one goes out. But we know there are votes on the withdrawal bill and that they're going to be very close. And even everything down to the timetable of Parliament this week looks like it's going to be unbelievably close. What would you say to Labour MPs who have said that they are thinking of voting for Boris Johnson's Brexit proposal? history will remember them and it will remember them voting for a deal that ripped off the British public. Mm. This is such a bad deal. I mean, Boris Johnson has done the classic white man job of coming into a back to an, into an office with a deal that's basically the same thing that a woman suggested yeah, and said, this is a new deal with all the bravado. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah. everyone's rolled over and been like, yeah, what a great deal. What a great idea. <laughs> um, but actually, ultimately, underneath, it's the same deal that is ruining workers' rights, putting risks on our environmental protections, huge risk to our NHS as well, mm. that we might have the Americanization or a Donald Trump-style trade deal. It's still going to be so much, you know, pressure and so much, you know, it's, it's so worrying for so many people across the UK. And mm. the people who are struggling will just keep on struggling under this deal and it, things will get worse. Yeah, And I can't understand how anyone could be, you know, a representative of the party, the workers, and vote through a deal that could so much endanger our rights at work. And what would you say? There's because I mean, particularly today, so on you know Tuesday in Parliament, there's been quite a few MPs who I, I think I think most of them have like people's best interests at heart. To mm. be fair to them, and they've been asking Boris Johnson for assurances on everything from workers' rights to like environmental protections. And I mean, my initial thought on that is like, how on earth can you trust? Boris yeah. Johnson and I don't know maybe that's just me because I like live in the absolute Brexit bubble or if that's like a genuine 100%. thought like the man lied to the queen um, yeah. he's like uh, up yeah. to his eyeballs <laughs> good point well made <laughs> he's like up to his eyeballs in a corruption scandal right now like as far as people to trust go Boris Johnson has got to be like pretty low down on that list mm. and you know I admire people trying to get assurances and trying to change the deal but 
ultimately I don't think we can trust the Tories if there's anything that history I'm going to get partisan but if there's anything that history's taught us Tories will try and screw us over on our rights at work at every single moment and why should we trust them now I think I think as chair of Young, young Labour, you're allowed to be partisan, <laughs> just FYI. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it's difficult. A lot of them, I guess they have some valid con- like electoral concerns, but somebody on Twitter was saying earlier, and I think you maybe even sent it to me, Abby, was like, people might be bored of Brexit now, but you won't be bored of the bad result in 25 years or 10 years or whenever it's still kind of yeah, hitting 100%. you. And there's part of me that feels sorry in a way for these Labour MPs. Like, I know they're in like a rock and a hard place, but... Yeah, I completely understand. It's so difficult. I yeah. feel like you have to have the tough conversations. And actually, a lot of Labour voters in these Leave seats are still supporting Remain or supporting mm. a second referendum. Mm. And ultimately, you're so right. The moment yeah. that that deal goes through and people are worse off, they'll turn around and they won't remember that beforehand they just wanted Brexit to be done. They'll remember that they lost their job or that their rights at work have been slashed and they'll remember all these terrible things that have happened to them and, and they'll blame the MPs that voted it through. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of sort of the concept of Lexit, because we've seen like a few Twitter accounts for like in favour <laughs> of Lexit from, for example, Labour members. Do you think that this idea that, you know, the left wing socialist position is actually leaving the EU? Like how did the Labour Party challenge those arguments and how do we say, well, actually, you know, you're wrong? <laughs> I am not a supporter of Lexit. Um, <laughs> fundamentally, I think that we have a better chance at, you know, spreading socialism beyond our borders inside the EU. And that just because there's a border between me and my comrade, it doesn't make them any less deserving of good rights at work, of decent living, of a good job than I am. Um, And ultimately, I mean, the EU is not perfect. It's important to say that, like, obviously, there are some things that the EU's done that I've not agreed with. Sure. But ultimately, while we're in the EU, we have this amazing vehicle through which trade unionists and socialists can spread really exciting policies throughout, you know, past our borders. Mm. Becoming an isolated country helps no one and actually like it makes it easier for right-wing politicians to unpick socialist protections that trade unionists have fought for and won over decades and mm. um, I'm not here for Lexit I think Brexit hurts the most vulnerable ultimately the people who will win from Brexit are the people who are ultra privileged loads of money can buy their way out of any dif- difficulty and yeah, it will be just ordinary people that suffer no, that was summarized very yeah. well <laughs> not a fan of Brexit <laughs> I can, no I can tell I absolutely I <laughs> I mean, sometimes I get more infuriated by Lexiteers than I do kind of right-wing Brexiters because it just it like befuddles you slightly. It's kind of like it? I know that their heart is in the right place. That's the thing. Like I know they care about the same like policies underneath that I do. The issue is just completely different interpretation of what will happen, and mm. it is really frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel your pain. <laughs> I feel like some of them, maybe not kind of people who are like leading commentators, let's say for. Uh, left-wing exit from the European Union they sometimes try and conflate a misunderstanding of what having a referendum or staying in the European Union means and they're always like oh you're trying to subvert democracy whereas actually if you're going to respect the result of the referendum that has to be something that delivers more jobs delivers more money it it doesn't mean leave no matter what but I feel like they do that on purpose particularly on Twitter when they have thousands and thousands of followers and can get away with it slightly. I really hate the way as well it like strays into kind of anti-immigrant language and stuff like that. Like anti-immigration language and it's just like how can we be left wing if we are like stigmatizing people beyond our borders? Mm. That's my little rant. (laughs) On the immigration one though because obviously obviously at Labour conference there was a lot of focus on the policies being passed and some of them were um predictable perhaps and some of them were quite radical and I think the freedom of movement one took a lot of people by surprise including 
shadow cabinet members and like the leader's office who maybe aren't that keen on it. But what's I'm just interested in your thoughts on freedom of movement in general and immigration. So uh, I thought that Labour campaign for free movement did a fantastic job with that motion. It was a motion mm. I supported before conference as well. I am a big supporter of freedom of movement. Everyone deserves a right to give their kids the best possible start in life and move around. And, you know, I'm lucky to be descended from immigrants. My great grandparents were immigrants and my grandparents immigrants. Yeah. Like people have every right to move for whatever reason they want to and have a better life or have a different life. Um, And that's something that we should protect. And just because there's a border between me and someone else doesn't make them less of a person. (laughs) (laughs) That was such a nice ending. (laughs) But um, absolutely a big fan of freedom movement. I know. I just thought that that one was really interesting because I feel like it actually really took like the leaders of the Labour Party by surprise. Yeah. And I was, I was, I was surprised that they were surprised because yeah. there's such a clear, <laughs> massive momentum behind it. Uh, yeah. The thing that's really annoyed me throughout years is I think we've really capitulated on arguments around immigration. We've yeah, sort of yeah, like sat definitely. back and been like, oh yeah, um, the Tories are right. You know, immigrants are awful when actually we should be making the arguments for why immigration is a good thing and yeah, contributes absolutely. loads. And there's no way we can actually concede to the right on this one. Mm. And immigration is another, it's a bit like Brexit is another issue where the left yeah. and the right they do what the horseshoe theory where yeah, they almost like yeah, meet and like end up saying yeah. the same arguments. And you see like leading Labour MPs almost word for word saying the same stuff as Nigel Farage. And it just, yeah. even if you don't support the Labour Party, I think that would probably make most people Absolutely. cringe like on the inside. But um, anyway, that's, that's actually just my slightly hot take on immigration. <laughs> so finally, and this is an increasingly impossible question that we ask people, but therefore it kind of makes it a bit more fun. I'm not going to lie. We always end with, predictions so if you had to say what you think will happen next in the saga that is brexit what do you think it will be so i'm terrible at predictions i I predicted that like (laughs) we would remain i predicted that hillary would win everything wrong Uh, so i'm gonna predict that um mps tonight vote down the timetable yeah that boris scraps his uh his bill and we get an election in november and i freeze to death uh, oh god <laughs> on the streets of britain knocking on doors oh, god, yeah. oh goodness the idea of a general election in november is one of the most depressing things i've heard all or, week or and it's getting on a Tuesday. battle bus to Nuneaton. yeah <laughs> <laughs> everyone buy thermals quick i think i'll stay and do voter reg from london <laughs> well that's the good thing about this is we will know whether your prediction is right by the time yeah. this podcast goes out which is quite fun what could possibly go wrong <laughs> on that one and i'm pretty sure Unless you've got anything that you particularly wanted to pitch to the audience. We've got a little bit more time left in our chat. Any particular ideas you think Labour MPs should or shouldn't do over the next couple of days? Uh, Chat to your constituents as much (laughs) as you can. Um, Think about workers' rights, talk to trade unions, join a trade union if you've not joined one and you're listening. But like, make sure you're putting, you know, workers' rights, environmental protections at the centre of everything that you're doing. Mm. Um, And also don't call people traitors as well because that's one of the really depressing yeah. things like whether it's jacob Rees-Mogg or diane abbott it's been really depressing to see lots of people like hurling horrible abuse at mps mm. and they've got impossible decisions decisions i might disagree with and i might disagree with what they do but ultimately we shouldn't be yelling abuse at them yeah i know that sounds like a very low bar but apparently it's a bar we can't get over no i completely agree we were saying this at the march when we started seeing those videos afterwards particularly on social media and we were just like i disagree with almost every word that comes out of jacob bruce mogg's mouth but i don't think his son deserves to be shouted at and called like really horrific turns and words and all that kind of stuff completely and there was a guy outside the house of parliament today that was like holding a banner that said mps beware 
So, really? Yeah, that's fine. Oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> that's actually terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it was horrible. Oh, uh, I understand why. Completely <laughs> understand why MPs are in a difficult position right now. But Miriam, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for having yeah, me and all you that you're me. doing. No, that's fine. <laughs> thank you for all of your campaigning as well. Once again, thank you so much for joining us and not quite being bored of Brexit just yet. And who knows what we're going to end up talking about next week. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, goodbye. goodbye. <laughs>